Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast, episode 298, which reminds me to shout out Toph Morris, who is a $5 a month backer over on Anchor.fm. Thank you, everyone, for being here this Saturday evening. Also, sorry if there are any issues going on uh, as of right now, as I am trying something a little bit different. As many of you know who follow the uh, Chosen of Valhalla live stream, uh, I used a little software program, or rather a browser-based program called Restream, and so I've decided to do a little bit of a little bit of tinkering tonight, a little bit of tinkering, and so I'm using Restream right now, uh, and so I'm actually using my OBS as a uh, virtual camera, so that way you still get the little ticker down here, and also any uh, donations and and notifications, like all all that stuff will still pop up right here, because uh, that was one of the limitations that I've uh, was you know able to realize. But I'm playing around with this because there's uh, a lot of things that I can do in here that I actually really like that I can do. Uh, also, of course, it allows for me to be able to bring in uh, guests from time to time, things like that. So again, just opens up the possibilities, I think. And uh, again, very, very exciting stuff. So thank you again for your patience, and hopefully everything is coming through swimmingly on your end. But please make sure that you do uh, smash that like button if you are watching over on YouTube. Light up that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. And remember to type at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. Type at Odin at the very beginning of your comment if you have a comment or question that you want read aloud on the channel. Remember that I'm usually about 20 to 30 minutes behind. And as always, context. Context. It's always an incredibly important thing. But let's say hello to some people who are in the chat. We got Matthew Highland in the chat. Hello to you. Matthew Highland, thank you very much for being here today. Uh, hail to you. We got Store of Poop is Cuber. He says, hello. How are humans and other quitters, typically? What's going on, Bruce, with the good vibes? Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Forever Sci-Fi, hail to you. Thank you for being a member on the channel. Appreciate it very, very much. You are awesome. We got Biffer the Hobbit over here. What's going on? Gary, Banjo, Sandwich, Worthington over here as well. Uh, how is it going? He watched The Eternals today, apparently. I feel sorry for you just a little bit. We got Laura Story. Hello, Laura, the modern major general of the channel. Thank you very much for being here today. We got Crisco in the chat. What is going on, Crisco? Crisco says, I had one of the worst theater experiences ever this week while watching Eternals. The film was glitchy and had to be rewound so many times. What's the worst theater experiences that you can remember? Uh, I actually went to go see a 35mm showing of it may uh, have been... Uh, Hateful Eight by Quentin Tarantino. And because it had been so long since our theater had actually had one of those old school film reels uh, and uh, projectors in the actual theater, they forgot just how warm it can get. So because of overheating, they had to deposit uh, once. And that was one of the worst ones. To me, the worst thing that happens, the thing that gets me more than anything else, though, the thing that gets me more than anything else is, without a doubt, 
the issues with the light bulbs. The light bulbs are truly that which gets me the most. And the reason why is because they are always typically waiting for those light bulbs to reach the very end of their life. And because they wait for those bulbs to reach the very end of their life, it means that they start to flicker. And when they start to flicker, it just drives me nuts because anytime that there's especially anything uh, white or, or very light in background, it, it just gets really uh very noticeable and it's incredibly distracting it's it's incredibly uh a terrible experience overall uh so that'd be one of my worst experiences but I, that actually did happen when i went to go see um i forget which one i don't think it was dune but one of the films i saw in theaters recently there were a couple of weird glitches before the film started and i was like oh boy looks like we got ourselves a, a bit of a corrupt um, a corrupt file here. It's not good to have a corrupt file on a digital film. We got Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. Hail to you, Tina B. We got Stephanie B. What is going on, Steph? Thank you for being in the chat. You are awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We got Joey Horn, who is a member. Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here today. Uh, and again, hopefully everything is coming through swimmingly right now. We are currently live over on YouTube, DLive, Twitter, and also on Odyssey simultaneously. And as I said, tonight I am using just Restream. So if you're used to seeing the, the 1080p 60fps version of Odin, uh, that's the reason why you're not seeing that tonight. Uh, because I am just doing some testing with some of the things and features in, in Restream Studio. Uh, as I recently upgraded one of their packages to be able to have to, for the chosen streams. And also I would really like to do some interview type stuff. And uh, just again like to play around with this kind of thing and and possibly have people on and have conversations with i don't know i don't know i feel like that the, the potential is, is kind of endless here and so I'm, I'm very excited very very excited about it going forward kara tharp who is a member of the channel hail to you kara tharp thank you very much for being here tonight and as you can see based on the title again Turtles box office not looking too great uh, for those that have uh, not been following the box office breakdowns and previews i've been doing for this film uh, the film needs to make 500 million dollars worldwide 500 that's right 500 million dollars worldwide to break even and it is expected to make around $150 million this weekend. That is the current projection. And it is opened, and I noticed this and, and read about it, actually, and mentioned it in my video for the channel today, that it's open up right now in around 93% of all international markets. So it's about as wide of an international release as, that, as you can possibly get. And so this film, whatever it does this weekend, and especially whatever it does next weekend and whatever kind of drop we see next weekend will be incredibly telling. And uh, basically, it'll be one of the few films recently, big budget films, that I'll be able to make some actual projections on. So I'm very excited for that. But Kara, thank you for being here and, and joining us in the chat today. Just another red shirt in the chat. Hail to you. Just another red shirt. He's another member on the channel. We got the hunky, chunky, funky, monkey. What is going on? We got Jason Ebenstein. What is going on? Oh, there we go. We got Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthy. It says, Watch the Turtles look great, but poor story. Uh, in poor in story, rather. And it was very long. Ah, yes. That, that does make sense. 
That does make sense. That is something that has been very consistent, I think, in most critiques of the film, especially from audience members, is that it is on the long side as an origin story, especially when you're introducing 10 brand new characters to to the MCU, 10 brand new characters that that you've never heard of before. You kind of need that time in order to, to introduce them, but you also then have the chance of of losing right you have a chance very much of losing the attention span of a lot of the people who just want to see a fun film and not have to think all that much about it orange hour views who's been a member on the channel the army of asgard level for 17 months has used his uh message so as a member he gets a, a free super chat message a month and he says i just saw eternals and in summary it sucked yeah i'm hearing that a lot too uh something tells me that at some point when i eventually see it as i, I likely will I, I do plan to do the old razzle dazzle if you don't know what that means the old razzle dazzle is when you still support the movie theater right by getting a ticket to the movie theater but you don't necessarily get a ticket to the specific film that you are going to see. And so you choose a film that you want to get your money, and then you try to see if you can go in to see the other film, so that way you can still see it. So that is either going to be in my future, or I'll just wait for it to be available for free on streaming, because I'm really honestly not that driven to want to go see the film based on everything that I'm hearing. And also, it just doesn't really seem all that interesting to me. And I guess this is my own take on that. Soul Assassin, what's going on? Dolores Ed, what is going on? Dolores Ed, appreciate you being here today. Uh, you guys are awesome. Keck44 in the chat. We got 80 people watching on YouTube. Hail to you all. So if you're on YouTube, again, smash that like button, please. You're awesome. Again, I do fall behind in the chat, but I do the very best that I can uh, to get to all of the various comments that I can. All that I ask is that you tag at Odin at the very beginning of the comment. Uh, Alex McCarthy, J. Alex McCarthy Jr. What's going on, bruv? This member of the channel says, Howdy, Odin. How's it going? How's Thor? Just watched Cruella. Six out of ten. Roast me. I deserve it. Yeah, it's a way too high score. I, I saw about half to three-fourths of it, and it was the um, the Mahler edition. It was the EFAP edition, and it was, it was not good. I, I mean, there were just a lot of problems, a lot of issues with it. Uh, most especially the character arc of Cruella. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, the way that she's acting one time in, in one scene, and then all of a sudden there's just this instant change, and it just doesn't make any any sense whatsoever. That among the many other issues that exist within the film, especially the motivation for her to uh, to hate Dalmatians and, and all that nonsense. It's just, oh, it's ridiculous. And also the CGI uh, during that sequence as well. Uh, where Cruella, you know, loses her her mom, and it's ah, uh, oh, it's blah. Again, I'm I'm very glad that EFAP did an edition of that because I don't think I would have been able to watch that. I don't think I would have been able to watch that uh, on my own. But uh, Baby Thor's doing fine. He is in a bit of a uh, transition period though because he is he's moving away. This past week, he he officially did a full week where he was at one nap a day. So one nap. A day and then going into, of course, uh, trying to keep him awake as long as we can for the big sleep, as we like to call it. Um, and so that's been a little bit tough because he gets very tired when he gets home and we have to try and keep him up as long as we can. Sometimes we give in and we, you know, actually, you know, 
<laughs> we have to <laughs> we have to basically uh you know let him go to bed a little bit early or something like that it's been again it's been an interesting experience by the way apparently there's three people watching on d live so hey what's going on d live fam thank you very much for being here i'm glad that this uh this setup on restream actually allows me to see kind of the breakdown of of everything uh team to be yeah so because i set up the event originally so one of the other things i was testing with restream is that you can schedule events directly from restream one of the issues that i found out very quickly though is that you're limited on what you can actually put for the actual event so if there's certain things that you like like for instance subscriber only mode etc it doesn't do it automatically something tells me that there's probably something somewhere in the settings for YouTube that will allow me to have like the default settings for streams so that that would no longer be an issue because if I could just set up everything from restream, it definitely would make a lot of problems go away. Matthew Highland, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Glad to see you here. Uh, Matthew Highland then tagged to say eternal sounds like an absolute mess of a film. It certainly does. It certainly does. Uh, and that's the other thing, too, is that obviously a lot of people are trying, I think, you know, are bringing up Chloe Zhao. And obviously she's the director of the film. But the issue that I have with the bringing up of, of, of Chloe Zhao especially is that I, I personally think that she's a talented director because I, I liked Nomadland. I know that not everyone did. It's not everyone's cup of tea. It's a slow burn. It's a very, uh, it's a human story, basically. It's very much the, the the story of just a regular everyday person, which is not the most interesting thing in the world. I, I tend to like those kinds of movies, though. I, I tend to like the kinds of films that dive into characters that otherwise wouldn't get a whole lot of attention. And I found the character quite interesting. And, um, and overall, I liked it. So I, I think she's an incredibly talented filmmaker. This this really just speaks to kind of the, the main issue that uh, Disney and the MCU really have, though, going forward. And that's that they continue this process of taking these indie directors who are incredibly successful with one or two films in the indie scene and, and have a firm grasp of filmmaking and have a firm grasp of you know, the stories that they want to tell. Then, then they throw them into these massive universes, throw $200 million at them, and then at the same time tell them, oh, by the way, we're going to control certain things that you have no control over, and therefore you have to just deal with them. So I can totally understand then why so many of these films are garbled messes because you've got these independent directors who probably are are pretty strong spirited, right? They're, they're, they're just starting out in many cases as far as the number of films that they've done. So they have a pretty clear idea and pretty clear vision in their heads, but they're also not wanting to step on any toes when it comes to what we find in the MCU and what we find in just major studio Hollywood. And... and even if they do try and stand up to it, because I know there were some reports that Chloe Zhao did actually stand up to some Marvel producer saying, no, 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 we, we're going to do, do it this specific way. Well, I, th I think what is based on the people who have seen the film, not just critics who I don't trust, but actual audience members who I do trust, I think that it's, it's, being, it's being made very clear that there was a lot of... Uh, Probably a, a lot of turmoil behind it. And this is something I said earlier on uh, in a previous stream. I kind of can't wait for another year or two to pass. And for any like NDAs or, you know, uh, gag orders or whatever to lift. Because I would love to hear Chloe Zhao just give a full account of the story. What she had to deal with. What 
she actually had control over what were her ideas what were ideas that were already written into the story because i honestly think that it would have been uh, a pretty incredible thing uh biffer to have what is going on good sir yeah yeah it was pretty funny i would say stephanie b what's going on says but the internet problems on our end are our problem okay? Well, you should have less tonight because overall it should be a, a, a smaller stream. And, and by that, I mean that the bit rate, not that this is going to make any sense to anyone, uh, but the bit rate should be less theoretically since it's going out at 720p because that's the limitations of the restream account that I have, which I'm totally fine with because uh, where you lose video quality, it supposedly is able to capture the audio quality a lot better than a lot of the other browser-based uh, streamers. So again, these are all things that I'm testing out. Uh, Hunger Chunga says, sorry, I wasn't there to troll the Chosen. I was a little under the weather. Hey, well, I'm glad that you're feeling better and it's okay. You were definitely there in spirit. Definitely there in spirit. Uh, Evan S., what's going on? Dolores Ed, what's going on? I had a problem connecting with my Discord to the OMB Discord. I may just have to have Chosen Valhalla. I may have to up to the Chosen Valhalla chat. So, uh, no, no, not at all. Just uh, message me, uh, Dolores Ed. I think you are now, I believe you're on the Patreon side of things. Just send me a message. Just send me a message, and I will, uh, I'll try and work you through that. Uh, it could be that the invite link maybe isn't quite there. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm totally going to work you through uh, whatever it is that you need to uh, to get access to to the Discord. Because, uh, again, you get access to the Discord server. Uh, if you're asking about a giveaway server, that is, again, reserved for Army of Asgard level and above. But if you are a, a Patreon or Subscribestar member, I, I do have links to the Discord specifically with instructions if you are at the Army of Asgard level and above of how to get access to that giveaway channel. Joey Horn, what's going on? All right, Nathan Slay says, good evening, watch No Country for Old Men today, and it was great. I've been thinking about it all day, don't think it's overrated at all. Yeah, I, I, I personally think it is. However, remember that overrated doesn't mean bad. That's something that I think is always very, we have to be very clear about. Just because we think a film is overrated does not mean that we think the film is bad or that the film is bad at an objective level. All that it means is that the love that's given to the film is is overblown is it's overdone right and i think that it's important for us to to try and make those distinct those distinctions to the best of our ability uh samurai what's going on samurai vader says nice hat well, i don't have a hat but uh i i appreciate the the compliment i guess <laughs> i don't really know uh matthew highland says yep lifting weights uh I, uh you know once again uh what context Bruh, bruh, you, you gotta give me some context on stuff like that, man. I don't even know what, I don't even know what you're talking about. Don't even know what you're talking about, man. Context is so incredibly important. All right, Bifford de Hobbit says, Finch starring Tom Hanks made me cry and sob. I, I assume that means it's good? Uh, isn't that one that's available? Is that an Apple TV? Isn't he like working almost exclusively with Apple TV? At least that was what it seemed like. But interesting. Okay. I assume that those those were the tears that you want to be able to experience when feeling of uh, watching a movie because it, it moves you right. A movie should be able to to move the, the move the soul, move the spirit in a way. And if that's what it did, great. If that's what it did, fantastic. Zora Poopa says just having to watch the Eternals would have to rank as a bad theater experience. Again, very sad. Uh, to hear that again, I don't like when people are going to a physical theater and not having a good time. 
Now is the time for theater experiences to be knocking them out of the park. And that's not just the theaters that need to be doing that. That's the studios too. Disney, that's you. Warner Brothers, that's you. Any other major studio, that's you. If you're not giving us the the products that are going to be able to allow us to escape, that's going to motivate us to go to a theater, then the issues the, the issues right there with you too. Cuz movie theaters obviously have to do a lot and there's a lot that they need to improve on as i just mentioned right the bulb situation when those bulbs are at the end of their life and they just don't want to change them because they want to make them last as long as they can and it ruins the experience because you have to have to see the flickering bulb and it's driving me nuts and crazy but to their credit if they don't have good movies to show who is going to actually show up to see those broken bulbs Super, what's going on? He says, hey, what is up, my dude? Finally made it for the whole show. Yeah, you made it on time. You made it on time. Glad that you can be here. I very much appreciate that. See, Gary Banjo Sandwich says, bumped into a solid metal solid metal cup holder in the dark at cinema, took a chunk out of my leg, still sat through the film, was painful, still have the scar. Dang, dude, that talk about a bad experience. That's that's <laughs> that's up there, man. A chunk out of your leg. It sounds like you probably should have gone to a hospital. And it kind of it kind of concerns me that you didn't go to a hospital. Kind of concerns me. And I and here's the real question, Gary. Was the movie good enough to, to to sit through through all of that and to have a scar from that entire experience <laughs> i hope it was at least a good film because if it was a bad film that would just make me sad andrew Hoyle says the worst experience for me was in the cinema i used to work at i was watching a film on my day off and a sound panel fell off the wall and hit me on the head dang son that's bad that that is pretty bad right there uh, one of the worst experiences I had at a theater was one that I wasn't going, it was not one I was watching a film in. I was working at the theater as as just a regular employee, and we had to shut down a theater. It was so bad. People were misbehaving on an insane level. We had to shut the screen down, turn like the overhead lights on, like the blinding lights that you only turn on when you're cleaning a screen, and we had to kick everybody out. It was awful. It was a packed theater, and it was, oh, it was a not, it was not fun. Uh, Laura says, my first IMAX movie was Dune, and it was a huge disaster. The dialogue was so muffled. Thankfully, I'd already seen it twice. Dang. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, that that was your first IMAX experience and that it was it was bad. Yeah, normally IMAX, it, it's not like that because I, I saw Dune in IMAX. I saw it a second time in IMAX. Beautiful. Uh, again, the visuals are just amazing. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was not my experience there. Uh, Jeremy Sakazi says, I did see The Eternals as well. Slow burn and boring. Yeah, it's basically the 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 mindset, I think, that a lot of people are giving that. Sam Vader says, how do I find a good IMAX theater? I want to see Dune and IMAX and theater experience as good as a cheap ticket. No, I agree. And here's the thing. I, I, I don't know the issue specifically with Laura's, but in most situations, the IMAX screens are normally a safe bet. And the reason why is because AMC or whoever the theater is in that region that has the the contract with IMAX, they aren't the ones that really keep up the, uh, the, the IMAX. Or at the very least, they are the ones that actually have to answer to someone else directly. James Ashe, what's going on? So that means that if their bulbs are, are going bad or if their sound is off, IMAX will like be there and be like, hey, you need to fix this because they they actually, IMAX cares about their brand a lot. So that's why I'm really sad to hear about Laura's experience. Um, but 
I, I again, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened there, but typically any IMAX is going to be good because again of of that situation. Uh, by the way, some chats are skipping on me because y'all are just rocking it. There's 87 people watching tonight. Thank y'all so much for being here. I do apologize though for any comments that might get skipped. By the way, G man, I will get to your super chat as soon as I can. Carathar, glad to hear that you are doing just fine. Again, the one issue in general that I have with the restream chat feature is that it jumps and, and you can't go back and you, you can't go back far enough. Star Power, that's a new name. What's going on? And the new number two, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Just stopping in to say hello. Well, thank you for being here. Hardwick, there he is. Long messages as always. Rob Rodriguez quotes on the book of Boba Fett, it's going to blow your mind. That's all I can say. I can talk it up all I want because I know it over delivers. It's way over delivers. Um, I, I don't trust anyone that says that. By the way, up to 98 viewers. Thank you for being here. Dang. Um, smash that like button, please, on YouTube. Let's see. Let's see the breakdown of that. 95 on YouTube, three on DLive. DLive fam, you guys rock. If you're watching over on Odyssey, there's three on Odyssey. Light up that fire button. No comments over there yet, but that's okay. Um, yeah, Robert Rodriguez. I, I, whenever someone oversells something, I feel like they're just asking for the product to get destroyed. Like when you're like, "Oh, it's so good! It's so good! It's so amazing! It's gonna over deliver in every single way." If it doesn't deliver, or if it doesn't even get like halfway there. I mean, there, you can only go down when you build yourself so uh, like so far up. When you build yourself so far up, there, there's only so much further you can go, right? There's only so much further. James Ashier says, "Do you think the big budget movies are going away since the box office still is not where it once uh, was before COVID?" Hope my comment makes sense. No, it does make sense, James. And uh, I, I'm going to say yes and no. I think that studios are incredibly hard headed. And so I think what's going on, Peabody, uh, looks like you're not alone over there with Daniel Thorne over there. So how, how's it going? But anyway, getting back to the question at hand. No, I think that it's it's something where studios are so hard headed that they're going to continue to spend money. There's already films that were in production that are, you know, in the process of being in production that will be in you know production in the future as well. You know, all that stuff. And so I, I think that what you're going to see is, is that the number of big budget films I do think will definitely lessen because they have to start learning one, how to more wisely spend their money and two, that they also need to have some returns on their investment. So they'll still be around, but I do think that the number of projects that get greenlit for the massive numbers, I think could, could get impacted. Uh, Nathan Slay says, Oh yeah, by the way, prisoners is a masterpiece. Watched and loved it. Dude. Yeah. I I love that film. It's fantastic. Caratharp says, get my pizza. Get my pizza. Well, dang. And again, uh, okay, she she confirms that. Got my pizza for dinner. There it is. <laughs> uh, G-Man, there it is. Thank you for the $5. Super chat. It says, might not be a great movie, but just think about how many lives it will save. That's right. That is one of the things, one of the takeaways from the red carpet premiere, right? is that it was going to somehow save lives. Again, just think about that. They were like, this this movie's going to save lives. Think of how many lives that this movie's going to save. There aren't a lot of films that I would ever point to to say, hey, this film's going to save lives. That, that, that's just not something that that is even, is even in the discussion, you know? 
All right, Joe's Movie Blog says, I saw Last Night in Soho last week. It's my favorite movie of the year by Country Mouth. Dang, Joe's Movie Blog. Yeah, you all know, that's that's at the top of my list of films I want to see. So to hear someone else who has seen it, who liked it, I'm very happy. Very happy to hear that. That's definitely a film I want to watch. Uh, yeah, right now I got films like Nobody towards the top of my list and, of course, a few others as well. Let's see, Laura, what's going on? Says, there's a Bollywood action movie called... Really? There's a, there's a Bollywood action film called. I wonder what it's called. That's what I wonder. Uh, in Blazing 64, you should all know on this chat, if you retract it, doesn't go away. Uh, in Blazing 64, what is going on? Hail to you. Glad that you are here. That 70s rock fan in the chat, hail to you. Thank you for being here. Uh, Laura is continuing this on. There it is. Playing at my theater called Sorya, uh, Soryava Nash after the lead character. Looks so bad that it could be amazing. Hey, it is Bollywood. They, they put out a thousand films a year, so it could be good. You never know. Anono Mas, who's a member. Hail to you, Anono Mas. Thank you very much for being here. I, I very much appreciate it. You rock. Snort of Poop is Cuber again. Punk Waddle in the chat. What's going on, Punk Waddle? Glad to have you here. Uh, Andrew Hoyle says, when Tina says she's spilled something, she means her bucket of wine. I like how you say a bucket of wine. Not not a glass, not not even a large cup, but a bucket of wine. That That's uh, it's pretty impressive there. There's Punk Waddle. What's going on? All right, Orange Hat wants to say, not a spoiler. We all know they had the gay kiss that the crew were very flamboyant about, saying about how it brought them to tears. To me, I think they were tears of pain. It looks so forced. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is that, well, if this is about having it in a major, big-budget film, we already had that in Star Wars, remember? And I believe that was also a scene that Disney decided to cut in certain countries, or at least they allowed them to cut in certain countries, <laughs> you know? Um, but also, too, if that's the kind of thing that makes you cry, there's some stuff going on. You, you, you got to get some priorities straight because if the whole purpose, right, if the whole point of, of this is, is, again, about promotion and diversity, it's, wait a minute, shouldn't, shouldn't we then just treat it like it's just any normal day? And if we don't do that, isn't that just the very definition of hypocrisy? Because by making it into something more than what it actually is, we're actually in a lot of ways giving into the thing that we claim to be fighting against? I don't know. That's just my take. What say you? Uh, let's see. Oh, what's going on, my Odyssey fam? Thank you very much, Odyssey fam, for being here today. Again, if you have a comment or a question that you want read, or read aloud, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment as it does help out uh, with me because I can only... Uh, again, handles so many things at a time, and and my brain is all over the place already because of all of the comments tonight. We got so much stuff going on, and it's great. I love it. Andrew Hoyle says, I am the Scarlet Pimpernel of The Chosen. Ah, yes. Is that a reference to the fact that you never show? <laughs> is that a reference to the fact that you never show up? Let's see. Hunky Chunky Funky Monkey. Oh, Oh, throwing some shade here. He is a member, and he says, "You know what else is overrated? CM Punk. I I take umbrage with this, good sir. By the way, though, what I will say, 
I'm loving, I've, I haven't seen the full episode yet, but I did see this clip. I'm loving the feud being set up between CM Punk and, um, uh, and I think this kind of leads to the general point because I'm, I'm blanking out on a name. Eddie Kingston. I think it's Ed, Eddie Kingston. Uh, I think that it's going to be a pretty cool, uh, a pretty cool rivalry. And yeah, he was saying a lot of stuff there. So I think you're an Eddie Kingston fan, Hunky Chunky, uh, based on that kind of comment. But no, he's not. He's not overrated as a wrestler. He brings butts to seats. And the reason why is because he was able to capture a fan base at a time when the fan base felt so disenfranchised. And I, I think that that's the reason why even still to this very day, you 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 see this this amount of of love towards his character, Daniel Roden. What's going on, Andrew Hoyle, who's a member, says I noticed Grace had her eye on you last night. Yeah, she did, and I, I did not know how to feel about it. It was definitely uh, it was definitely a, a bit uncomfortable to say the very least. <laughs> Fat Elvis, what's going on, Fat Elvis? Thank you very much for being in the chat tonight. Matthew Highland tagged to say, Sorry was for Tina. Gotcha. Yeah, if you're ever commenting to someone else, please tag that person, as it does help me uh, sift through the various comments. Let's see. Snore Poopa says, I didn't go. I was just speculating. I had to endure the trails for Eternals while waiting to see Dune, and that was bad enough. Ah. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Dolores Ed, seven minutes ago, thank you for the $5 uh, donation via Streamlabs. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Says, my question was for joining the main Discord. When I tried the link from Patreon, it kept timing me out with an error. I'll send you my email for an invite. Thanks. No problem at all, Dolores said. Yeah, that's weird. That would be a timeout error. The only thing I can think of would be that the invite is no longer valid, but I, I did set it to be infinite. Though I suppose over time, maybe over an extended period of time, it eventually goes bad just for the sake of, um, you know, security. So I might just have to create a new link for that. But yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll walk you through that, man. We'll get you set up. Uh, Justin the Red Church says, a bad film would literally be adding insult to injury. Uh, con- context? Always need context, people. Always need context. Griffin Turbo, what is going on? Uh, Andre Enrico, welcome to the chat. Uh, let see, Andrew Hoy's member says, the first film I saw in IMAX was 300. What a movie. Well, I feel bad for you, my friend. <laughs> but much love to you nonetheless. I don't honestly remember what the first IMAX uh, film I saw because in, in New Orleans, where I'm originally from, there actually was an energy IMAX screen that mostly showed like nature documentaries like short nature documentaries and then every now and then they would show movie premieres as well and that was like legit IMAX like just seriously ceiling to floor but not in the standardized setting that IMAX has like the IMAX at AMC and other theaters have. it was just again ginormous um but uh I, so I can't remember if my first IMAX would have been one of the Harry Potters actually because one of the Harry Potters was actually premiered in that specific theater, or if it was uh, something else previously, and it may have even been technically like a, a nature. <laughs> it may have been like a, a a nature documentary or something. 
All right, let's see. Soul Assassin says, uh, worst theater experience was Kong and a dude threw a beer bottle at another dude for talking. People got wet, started arguing a few fights, took me right out of the film. Can't imagine why, Soul Assassin. Cannot imagine why that would take you out of a, a film experience. <laughs> My goodness. That's insane. Someone threw a beer bottle at someone for talking. I understand getting mad at someone for talking, but man. Uh, Laura then says, thankfully the visuals in the IMAX were spot on. Yeah, and as I said, uh, to uh, the, the person who had asked about, you know, which is the best IMAX to go to or how to find a good IMAX screen, most of them are going to be fine. The issue that can come up sometimes is you might go into a theater for a showing where just at that showing or just on that day, something happened with the sound. And it's it's beyond the control of, of the theater. It's beyond the control of anything else. So that very well could potentially happen, right? That, that's the potential for anything. But I will say IMAX is typically one of the safest. So it's any of those, I guess you could say more boutique, not just theaters, but, uh, you know, uh, formats if you go to see something in IMAX or in Dolby Atmos those are going to be the best theater experiences not just because of the technology they have but because those uh, those companies care a hell of a lot about making sure that their content is being seen in the best way possible so they are going to do everything they can to try and make sure that happens. And in fact, there have been cases where there have been IMAX, like because IMAX has access basically to the projector and has access to the system. And they've actually, you know, called up theaters before and said, by the way, the bulb that you have in right now, uh, right now our system is saying that it's near the end of its life. Please change it. So that's how much care they put into it. And as I said, right, just like with any theater, anything run by humans, you could always have some issues. But in general, you'll find some uh, some stuff working that way. First, I have a worst experience I had was inside out with someone, woman talking behind me the whole time about the movie. Uh, she'll be giving a play by play. That's the worst. I hate when people give play by plays. That's the worst. Uh, it's kind of like a pet peeve I had when I was in New York for college when I went to go see like a musical and the person next to me was singing along. I'm like, shut up. I did not come to listen to you sing along to the soundtrack. I, I came to see the people who are, one, being paid and two, have a hell of a lot more talent than you have who think you sound good singing in the shower. Uh, but yeah, totally understand that. Pongwato says, when someone says that this product will literally change my life, I figure I'm happy the way my life is already. Yeah, when a product, right, when, when something that is tangible and that's been created by someone else, if that is going to be the thing that gives you happiness in life, you're missing something. There's a key piece missing. Forever Sci-Fi, who really wants to watch Boba Fett be nice? Yeah, uh, again, I don't think a lot of people do. I don't think a lot of people do. Um, Tina, make sure that the at owns at the very beginning of the comment because it just skipped on me and I was not able to, uh, to get to it because I looked at the beginning of the comment and, and it wasn't there. Uh, Rob D says in regards to overselling something, every video game that advertised as the X game killer end up flopping. Yeah. Anytime that they're going to push themselves too far, it's just never going to be good. 
what are some old movies in the 60s that you like, says Bryant Barth. Uh, well, again, if we're going just with classic films, you all know uh, Casablanca is up there at the top of my list. Uh, you can go back, of course, to films like Citizen Kane. Uh, you can go to It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, again, 12 Angry Men. Uh, there's there's a lot of films. There's a lot of films. I just, uh, I'm falling behind, and so I, I can't answer any more than that. Uh, let's see. Physics Channel, Kenny Lee, what is going on? Keely Chow, what is going on? Hail to you. Glad to have you here. Samurai Vader says, to be specific, the poor IMAX experience screen was big, but quality was as good as a cheap LCD screen. Uh, chairs were terrible and cramped, and everything was just a mess. Loud noises. Well, I mean, it is meant to be loud. Here's the thing. Not everyone is going to be able to enjoy an IMAX screen, because IMAX does require that it does have its volume set at certain levels. And not everyone can handle those levels. Not everyone can handle a, a movie that that's loud. So that could be a reason why, as far as the audio is concerned. For the seats, that's on the theater. Uh, the, the seats have control, uh, the, rather the theater have control over uh, the type of seats that you get. Uh, Nona's Mas says, Eternal saved my life. I saw a fat superhero, so I didn't throw myself in the lake with a cider block tied around my leg. Dear Lord, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, at least one life confirmed. We have confirmed it. At least one life has been saved from Eternals. Evan S., I'm getting my Christmas shopping done early. Can't wait to send my package off to the Royal House of Asgard. Well, Evan S., thank you, man. And again, as always, you don't have to do that, but I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, Philly to Hobbit Allen, thank you for the lemon donation via, uh, via D-Live. Appreciate it, man. Always appreciate my D-Live fam. You guys rock. I will be getting to my Odyssey fam if anyone has tagged me recently. Uh, but as I said, the chat over here on YouTube is just its just crazy. I'm falling behind. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi. My favorite Bollywood action movie is the one where the horse slides under a tractor trailer during a chase. That and the Superman Spider-Woman crossover movie. There's a Bollywood version of those things? That's interesting. Force of Light Entertainment, hail to you, Force of Light Entertainment. Speaking of people, I would love to get on the channel for a conversation about all the stuff that we're talking about right now. Force of Light Entertainment, one of those channels, uh, because they're wholesome. They're wholesome, and I could trust them not to uh, to have potty mouths. <laughs> uh, and they're just awesome people in general. So, All right, let's see. Uh, Matthew Highland says, one-sixth. Again, seriously, context. Context! I'm going to do it. I'm going to fall behind because of it. Remember, context is so incredibly key with me. All right, let's see. Nathan Slay, is it weird? I loved Enemy so much. I know it's weird. No, not at all. It's a brilliant film. It's a brilliant film. Uh, and I will say, it, it took me watching an Explain video to appreciate it as fully as I could. By the way, the old guard just joined at the Army of Asgard level. Old guard, thank you very much for joining at the Army of Asgard level. I appreciate that, man. Um, but no, Enemy, it's a phenomenally uh, created film. It is definitely weird, though. It, it is not a film for everyone. There's no doubt about that. So, no, definitely would not say it's weird. Snorpoopa says, any Holly... Hollywack adult pretender that thinks a movie is going to save lives is in serious need of some brain-to-brain -brain resuscitation. Yeah, uh, I would definitely say that, um, as as the saying goes, they probably need some Jesus in their life. 
they think they think a movie's gonna save him. Uh, Crisco, any thoughts on the cast announced for the Wicked film adaptation? Cynthia Erivo as Alphaba and Ariana Grande as Glinda. Uh, oh, is this new? Is this new news? I remember Ariana Grande was being rumored for some stuff. Here's the thing: Ariana Grande, she's insane. However, she got her start on Broadway. I actually saw I saw Ariana Grande on Broadway. She was in a she was in a musical called Thirteen the Musical, which is all about like becoming a teenager. It's a it's very beautiful music actually, and she was so talented already from that point on. I was like, dang, this girl! Why isn't she the lead? Why why isn't she the lead girl in the show? Because she's got the best voice out of anyone. So I, I remember uh, starting just to follow her career from that point. Unfortunately, she then just went into the pop music scene and then just went insane. Again, she just went insane, and uh, but but that all being said, she is still an incredibly talented singer, and I think that she could actually probably pull the role off well. The only issue is she's a little bit on the short side, I think, for Galinda. A little bit short on, on the short side for Galinda, I think. Um, for Alphaba, Cynthia, uh, I don't know who Cynthia Erivo is, and I'm hoping that means that she is a Broadway personality that is not a Hollywood type because I would be okay with that. The beautiful thing about Alphaba is that Alphaba can basically be anyone as long as they can sing the part, right? The beautiful thing about Alphaba is that they're, you know, you know how sometimes there's, there's roles where you have the situation where, you know, you have some race swapping that can happen, gender swapping that can happen, right? When it comes to Alphaba, she's green. And you can paint anyone green, and that's what I've always loved about it. Um, and and there's always so many really great. Uh, uh, there's so many great alphabets. So as long as she can sing the part for me, if she can sing the part, act the part, I'm fine. Uh, Culture Amp says you don't feel excited when Catholicism is shown in a positive light in a film. Wait, again, I need some context there. I don't know what that's reference to. Of course, I, I do feel hyped when Catholicism is portrayed positively. What is that even in reference to? I'm so incredibly confused. This is why context is so incredibly important because I fall 20, 30 minutes behind. So by the time I get to the comments, whatever you're, you're commenting on probably has passed. And it's, it's this whole thing. It's this whole thing. Uh, PNR comp guy, my, uh, all father may the Eternals be kicked out of theaters early. Well, I don't know if it's going to be kicked out of theaters early, but we'll have to, of course, wait and see. Uh, let's see. Joey's movie vlog says, I just watched nobody on 4k and it's also in my top 10 of the year. Yeah, it should be. It should be. It's definitely one of the best. Ben Jamin, what's going on? Welcome to the channel. Thank you for being here again. If you have a comment or question at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, force of light entertainment. How's it going? Uh, 70B, absolutely. Please smash that like button if you're watching on YouTube. The 98 on YouTube, still two watching over on DLive. Uh, again, Daniel Thorne, thank you for being over there. I assume Peabody is the second person over there. Let's see, Laura's story. Uh, Tad to say, just so we are, just so we are cool. I don't think any one season sci-fi TV show starring Nathan Fillion is anything but perfectly rated. Okay, okay, yes, that does make us cool. Because uh, Firefly, absolutely, one season, but it's one perfect season. And it's phenomenal. And it is phenomenal. Uh, CC Thorne, thank you for that super chat. I will be getting to it uh, once it pops up in the chat. It's just because of the chat just going so crazy. I don't want to fall behind anywhere. 
Uh, but I do see it. I do see you, CC Thorne, and I will absolutely address it. Uh, Kaylee D, what's going on, Kaylee? Welcome, 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 welcome. Uh, all right, here's the CM Punk comments. Uh, <laughs> so there's some CM Punk fans, some not. Neil, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Thank you for being here. Ruben, Christopher Hayes, hail to you. Thank you for being here as well. Snort of Poop is Cuber, says here, I think my first IMAX was Return of the King. My second was Dune. Nice. Those are pretty good options there. Uh, let's see. Laura Story says, The House of Gucci trailer is easily one of the worst I've ever endured. It definitely doesn't look good. Also, as soon as they say this is a Ridley Scott movie, I'm always just floored. I'm like, Ridley Scott? What are you doing? What 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 is what is Ridley Scott about anything to do with that story? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Punk Waddle says, the first time I saw IMAX, it was a science museum. A huge screen. I think I saw the fires of Kuwait, and I think I got a headache. Yeah, again, that that's similar to what I think probably was, probably was the first IMAX experience would be something along those lines. Uh, Sage of Rokaseka, what's going on? He is a member of the channel, says IMAX in theaters. It's not like old school IMAX. That IMAX was glorious. Yeah, legit IMAX. Uh, so for me in New Orleans, we had energy IMAX, um, energy being the, uh, obviously the energy company, the electric company who were terrible, by the way, they were garbage. Uh, but they're the ones that sponsored the IMAX, the legit IMAX screen. It was attached to the aquarium. So they typically had some aquarium themed films playing in that screen. That was again, a complete legit IMAX experience. Like again, one of the biggest screens that I've ever seen. The ones at AMC and the other theaters that have deals with IMAX, the current IMAX, they're fine, right? They get the sound, they get the big screen, but they're definitely not the same. Definitely not the same, uh, for sure. Uh, Jeffrey Murray, what's going in? Slide L, what's going on? I got family down there. Uh, Andrew Hoyle says, a beer bottle's getting thrown, fight's breaking out, best 3D ever. Ah, nay, nay. That's 4D. Good, sir. That's 4D. Uh, Joey's Movie Blog says, My first IMAX was Rise of Skywalker. The movie wasn't worth driving two hours to see. Dang, man. Yeah, and IMAX ain't going to save that. <laughs> uh, Dune and IMAX was a really a treat. Sage, I agree, man. I totally agree. The, uh, the visuals were phenomenal. Uh, and the sound, too. Here's the thing. I know that not... A lot of people are fond of the score, or at the very least, the, the the issue with they have with the score is that it's not iconic, it's not memorable. I will say the score is a lot better in an IMAX screen because you're getting the full sound, you're getting the full scope, and the ending specifically of part one, right? Because this is doing part one. The ending, the uh, the vocalizations that are going on in the score at that time blew me away. I was just like musically I wanted more like obviously in the film story-wise I obviously wanted to know more about the story but the music did its job in building up that same tension of kind of like you know in any music talking about musicals earlier with Wicked any good musical at the end of act one is gonna have an amazing number that's gonna get you pumped and hyped for for a Wicked it's Defying Gravity after Defying Gravity you're like yeah I want more but it's ah, intermission um, in IMAX, I think that you absolutely had a, a similar, I had a similar experience at least in the IMAX for Dune specifically. So yeah, absolutely. 
Um, let's let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, Bro Duke. Let's see. Um, since he mentioned Gary. So basically, no, he pulled the old razzle dazzle, what I had mentioned earlier. Getting a ticket to go see something else and then and then going to see something else. So the theater's still getting money, and uh, a movie or studio of your choice is getting money. So it's the old razzle dazzle. There it is. CC Thorne, thank you again. Uh, 14 minutes ago for the $5 sa 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 super chat says there, hail brother, favorite war movie. Marvel is in for a rude awakening when Spider-Man breaks their narrative. Have a blessed weekend. It's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be incredibly interesting to see what Spider-Man does. A lot of people are obviously people, including that uh, I'm friends with, are saying that they think Spider-Man is going to be the first film to to make like a billion dollars at the box office. I honestly don't know if the market's really there right now. Right now, the the film that has made the most money, uh, to my knowledge, uh, during the pandemic times, is Fast Nine, which what made around seven fifty million or so. So right now, there's a cap as far as how much money can be made. Now, granted, Spider-Man is an incredibly popular property. Based on the rumors, based on everything we're hearing, they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at the film to try and make it as successful as they possibly can. Also, it's not just a Disney Marvel film. It's also obviously a Sony production, too. So there are a lot of things that could lead to it being that movie. I'm not saying that it's not going to be. I would not be surprised, though, if it doesn't reach the billion. Now, does it reach the point of profitability? Does it be the most highest grossing film to be released in 2021 it's possible i also saw earlier today on social media that in some countries it may have actually been delayed till january 2022 which i will say historically uh, that that's a that's a bit concerning because uh january of course notorious for terrible releases but getting back to your initial point of my favorite war movie i have to go saving private ryan I love Saving Private Ryan. Um, and, and obviously, if you were to expand out, if you were to expand out war to include any different kind of war, which would include like sci-fi movies, etc., I'm sure there's others that could come to mind. But when I think of war, when anyone, I don't know, does anyone else have this happen to them? When someone says your favorite war movie or war movie in general, your first mindset or your first thought instantly goes World War II? So then you think, what is your favorite World War II movie? I don't know. That That's just kind of uh, where my mind goes with it specifically. So let's see. That 70s Rock fan who's a member says, I remember being at home to see 2010, the year we made contact. The film broke five minutes before the end. It was months before I got to see the ending on VHS. Dang, the old school VHS tapes. That That's pretty rough. Uh, let's see, Ruben Christopher Haynes, who is a member as well. Here's a shocker. I think I read the novel Jurassic Park in 1990. I was looking forward to the movie and hated the movie as it was very different from the book. That was my worst experience. Ruben, and I think that is something that I was trying to get across in the review I did for Dune because I was about only halfway or a little less than halfway through Dune when I saw it the first time and then I was 75% of the way when I saw it the second time and those issues stay around. It, it's one of those things. It's so hard to separate out the experiences and the knowledge and the events that you get from a film, or rather from a book first, obviously, and then how it translates over to screen. 
And it's very hard to give an objective view on specifically story because of that. Um, I'm still, to this day, still very much struggling to give a, a truly fair and honest assessment of, of the screenplay for Dune Part 1 because I'm very much biased by the original novel, which I, I thought is is great. I'm, I haven't finished it yet. I think I got like four or five hours left in the audiobook, but it's great. John Edgar, what's going on? Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, Snort of Poop is Cuber, who is a member, says, I don't understand people who pay $20 or more to spend time loudly talking to their friends or family using their phone. I call such people idiots. I, I would as well. And no, it, it ticks me off too, man. It ticks me off too. I cannot stand it. If you are going out of your way to see a film and spend money on a film, and you're going to spend that time instead just talking to someone that you could talk to at any point, you're wasting your own money, you're wasting your own time, but what's worse is that you're wasting the time and you're wasting the money of others by being distracting. And it's like, most frustrating theater experience for me, saw Toy Story 4 in theaters, and some women brought their baby to the movie and just wouldn't stop crying. I will say, typically when going to see a kid's movie, I do become, at times, not always, immune to kids doing stuff in theaters. I don't know. I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but it's like I kind of go in expecting there's probably going to be kids here and there's probably going to be some noise. And as long as it's not like crazy screeching, like really, really bad, if it's just general talking conversation, normally I can just, you know, zone that stuff out uh, relatively easily. Uh, Let's see. Laura says Cinemark XD is the best their experience for me. Popcorn is always good. Nice. Yeah, uh, Cinemark, by the way, uh, kudos to Cinemark. They, according to a recent report, they were the most successful theater chain throughout the pandemic. And it's no surprise. They were one of the few that that stayed open as much as they could and kept going throughout the throughout the pandemic. And uh, so, yeah, kudos to them because they were one of the few that stood up. Unfortunately, there's really no Cinemaxes in, in my own location uh, where I am. Uh, there's really no Cinemaxes, I believe, in the entire Chattanooga area. Uh, but I would love to give them a, a shot. Um, yeah, we have IMAX at one of my AMCs. And at the other AMC near me, it's the Big D. Yeah, I, again, terrible naming, by the way. Big D. Come see the film. See Dune in Big D, which is just a knockoff IMAX. I don't, I think I've seen a Big D film in that theater before. It's been a while. But when I was going to see Dune, I was like, no, no, I want to see this in legit IMAX because I can trust IMAX as a brand. I, I haven't seen enough films in Big D uh, to, to, to have the same type of. Also, if it's an off-brand, it's probably like the AMC version, which means AMC is in charge. And seeing that AMC doesn't even give a dang about their regular screens and keeping those bulbs up to date, why would I spend extra money? Uh, but here's the thing, though, what I will say. Um, that's the reason why I do have my AMC Premier Access membership. Uh, even though there's been now several months that I have not seen a movie, uh, I try and make it up when I can. Summer, this summer especially, since uh, baby Thor will, will be full-time daycare, um, uh, I'll be able to make up for lost time. Because I'll be that guy that's seeing at least three movies every week and making my money back, going to see films in IMAX and all that kind of stuff. 
Uh, Ruben Christopher says, if a book or a real story is set on screen, I prefer faithful adaptations. If not, I will pass. I'm a book reader. However, I'm not into comics, yet I respect the vision of the creator and the artist. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm there about comics. I'm the same way. I've never really been into comics either. Um, but that's why, uh, for me, I usually will watch a movie or a series before a book, to be honest. And it's because I'm not really much of a book reader. I've actually only more recently become into, um, and, and I'm glad because I've struggled with ADD for, for most of my life. And so it's, it's always been harder to get into books, but I've always appreciated watching a film or a show because as having ADD, it allows me then to have an actual visualization in my own head. So that way, if I read a book or if I dive into, again, a deeper part of the story, I have those already set. And I know that I know that book readers are the opposite. They want to create the characters themselves and, and, and see things the way that they want to see them. And I've also noticed this. Typically speaking, if you see a movie or a series first and then read the book, you'll usually love both or at least appreciate both. Whereas if you're a book reader who then sees a movie or a show, you're normally going to hate the movie or the show. Not always. It's not the rule, but it is still an interesting um it's an interesting thought, I would say, nonetheless. Uh, a sage says, Bollywood is a universe all unto itself. You're always in for a strange experience. Yeah, I've never found myself ever drawn to anything uh, within Bollywood. Not to say that any of it's bad. It's just not really my cup of tea. It's just not really my cup of tea, to be honest. Super says here, Cynthia Arivo was one of the leads in El Royale, and she was also the lead in Harriet. She's good. Okay, so I know who you're talking about then. Good actress, but can she sing? That's all I care about. If she cannot sing Defying Gravity, then there's I'm going to have some issues with that casting. If she can sing Defying Gravity, then okay. But if she can't, I'll have some issues. Anona Moss, guilty pleasure equals victorious on Nickelodeon. Ariana was the best singer, and then she got dumber. Yeah, victorious. Yeah, there there was some, uh, again, not that. I, I would say for any guilty pleasure shows as far as, like, Nickelodeon is concerned, maybe it's Disney. I forget who owns the property now. But anyway, uh, Girl Meets World. And the only reason why is because all I wanted to do was see all the characters from Boy Meets World. The ending, uh, the last season of Girl Meets World, where they bring in all of these cameos and all of the like OG characters throughout, are it's just amazing. It's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I, I, as far as guilty pleasures go, uh, Andrew Hoa says, He robbed from the rich and gave for the poor, stood up for the man, and he gave him what for. Our love for him now ain't hard to explain. The hero of Canton, the man they call Jane. Yes. Uh, my wife and I have uh, a goal in life to get baby Thor. Uh, my wife wants to knit, specifically, a, uh, a a Jane hat from that episode. If you know of the Jane hat and you know of the show, you know what I'm talking about. She wants to knit one for him, specifically. So... See, Sage says, any further thoughts on Dune after seeing it a second time? Just curious if the second view changed uh, a nuance to your opinion. And interestingly enough, it didn't. I was originally thinking of, you know, I'm going to go see it and I'm going to give like an updated, you know, like kind of like a Dune revisited. And I might do a Dune revisited at some point, but I, I think I might want to see it more than just even twice. And I think it it really just comes down to the the fact that the same problems that were there story-wise are still there. But my appreciation for other minor things like 
the score, for instance, and the sound design as well. Uh, again, one of the cool things that you experience in the IMAX a lot better than you do HBO Max is when they create the cone of silence um, where they're muffled and then they go inside and everything is fine. Uh, oh, man, the sound design on that is fantastic. Jock Shadow, Logan, what is going on? Thanks for being here. See, Evan asked Tag to say, are we getting our show tonight given the time change this evening? Uh, so, no, because the time change isn't until later and I don't go on till that late. So we will not be impacted by that time change. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I couldn't go on for another hour. All right, let's see. What's going on, Odyssey fam? Hail to the Odyssey fam. Jack the Swap says, My worst cinema experience was when I went to see The Rise of Skywalker and no one distracted me or interrupted it. Oh, man, and that's why I'm glad I got to see that with John the Flick Pick Flickinger uh, who brought me to a press screening for it. It was so much fun, uh, and it's because we were able to laugh. And there was one part especially where we just laughed our asses off and everyone kind of was like looking at us like, what are y'all doing? Because they were taking it seriously. Uh, the R, thank you for the $2 hyper chat over on Odyssey. He just says, Odin, thank you, the R. He also says Hacksaw Ridge was his favorite war movie. Good choice. Very good choice there, I will say. All right, back over to the chat. Again, thank you all very much for being here. Reed Palancia, by the way, 10 minutes ago, I did see your super chat. I'm waiting for it to pop up here so that I can give it uh, the attention that it deserves. But I do see you. J-Rod, the beer guru. What's going on, J-Rod? Says, I can't believe I'm able to catch you live. Cheers. Well, J-Rod, thank you for catching me live, man. And I'm glad that you're here. CC Thorne, what's going on? Best IMAX I ever saw was Raiders of the Lost Ark. I believe it's 30th anniversary. Nice. Uh, one of the best that I ever saw in IMAX was definitely the re-release of 2001 A Space Odyssey. The score was brilliant. Listening to that score in IMAX was breathtaking. The visuals were fantastic as well. It's great. Let's see. Uh, Matthew Highland says, Where were the Eternals during the America... Where were the Eternals during America's Darkest Day? Ah, okay. Okay, gotcha. Well, there were no Deviants. That's apparently the rule, right? That's apparently the rule. So, uh, Tina, I know, does not like the score. I know. Um, here's the thing, though. I think that the I think that the headache was... I think because, you know, after we talked... I think there were a lot of things that kind of led to the headache and kind of, you know, pushed and influenced the headache. And I will say, IMAX being so loud, it doesn't matter if the score is good or not. It's going to cause headaches. And so I I would actually hope that you might at some point be able to listen to it again at some point um, uh, in, in a different state. I really do. Uh, the thing that got me about the score in the IMAX rendition, though, was um, they have a lot of these vocalizations throughout. Like, I don't know how to explain it other than like, and it's really when they when they choose to use those vocalizations, it's very powerful moments. And there's just, again, a very great, uh, there, there's a really great buildup at the end of the film that, had there been an act two, which there should have been, we should have just gotten the entire film right off the bat, um, the entire story right off the bat, I think it would have been a great, like, 
it would uh, it would have been a great spot for an intermission. That being said, because there isn't, that's the reason why I have the issue that I do with it, of course, because it's a weird spot to end it if we have to wait another two years or so for it. This lady says, is Prisoners an underrated film? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And it's underrated because most people just haven't seen it. <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. Oh, man. Let's see. J-Rod, the beer guru from D-Live says, according to D-Live, I have been one of your captains for 28 months. Time has flown by. 28 months as a captain. Dang, son. J-Rod. Dang. 28 months. Yeah, it's always insane. Uh, always insane. Uh, oh, dang. Uh, we had a troll in the chat. I, I figured, how did they get behind? And how did they get... it? That's so weird because I don't even remember seeing a notification that that person had even subscribed. How do they even get in? How do they... By the way, mods, Tina. Thank you. Tina Steph. And it uh, looks like Tina was on the one that, that, that got it. I'm sorry for anyone who had to see that. Um, it was gone before I could even see it. But what the heck? I, I do have it set to you have to be a subscriber for five minutes in order to say anything. I guess these bots are, are starting to get more fancy, I guess. I don't know. That's weird. But anyway, J-Rod, thank you for being a longtime supporter over on D-Live. And I know the, the D-Live fam is, is a small but mighty crew. There's three of y'all watching over there right now. Um, but you're awesome. So thank you very much. Uh, Ruben Christopher, who's a member, says, Fast Saga, never saw any of those films, never one to. I like one through six. And that's when it ends for me. One through six, and then I'm good. <laughs> Super says, people really don't like the Dune score. I liked it. Super tense. Music for when the Reverend Mother arrives is just about to meet Paul. Chef's kiss. Editing, mixing, solid too. Yeah, all those technical elements, I think, are very good. And as I mentioned, yeah, the IMAX made me appreciate the score a lot more than I did the first time. It's still definitely not iconic. I, I definitely will agree with that criticism. Um, but I do still think and this is what I was describing about scores. There's for me, there's two types of good scores. There's scores that are phenomenal because they are character in and of, in and of themselves and they are iconic and they stand alone and you can just listen to them over and over and over again. That's one kind of score. And then the other kind of good score are the ones that just really do a good job at like supporting the film and don't distract away from the film. Don't take away from the film. Another example. So, some might ask, what's another example other than Dune? The Social Network. The Social Network, which I believe may have even won for best score, actually. That was a movie where the score really isn't all that iconic, but it does such a good job at supporting what you're seeing on screen and, and conveying the emotion of the scene and conveying what's going on on screen that it, it supports it, right? It does what a score is also supposed to do, which is support. So some school, some scores can do both, right? Some scores can support a film and be amazing and iconic of themselves. Um, but yeah, Andrew Hoyle, who's a member. Speaking of war, I'm revisiting old Vietnam War series, Tour of Duty. Nice. Reed Palancia, thank you again for the Australian $10 SS Super Chat. He says, I've wondered about how the three Disney Star Wars music didn't seem as moving, albeit not bad. Was it because some way from all the redoing large chunks of the movies and finishing in a rush? Yeah, the reason why those scores are just so tepid is because it's just reusing amazing music. So it's reusing iconic 
it's reusing iconic music much by the man himself from john williams because uh at least on was it one or two of them it was john williams himself who who was still attached to it but uh, there the things that were added on were not iconic right but I, i will say i guess one could still argue that they were not distracting um but yeah I definitely think that that is something that is worth noting, right? Is that those are examples of of scores that, in that specific case, that has an additional issue because it's just repurposing really good movements and really good parts of the original score and then kind of adding on to it, kind of adding something new in the same vein, but it just doesn't work as well. Whereas with a film like Dune... Or a film like The Social Network, its original scores made specifically for the film itself. But thank you for that super chat. I appreciate it. I saw another super chat from you as well, so I'll get to that when it pops up uh, in the main chat. So again, thank you for being here. Uh, just another red shirt tag to say, my favorite movie, uh, war movie, is Saving Private Ryan until I saw Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, I need to watch, I need to rewatch Hacksaw Ridge. I ended up picking it up on like 4K for for pretty cheap, like it was on sale. And when I first saw the film, I actually didn't like it. it. It has all of the hallmarks of things that I would love. It's a Mel Gibson film. It is a uh, it it's a a film that is about a service member who is a pacifist. I connect with that very much as well. So there's a lot of stuff. There there's a lot of reasons for me to love that movie. But I don't know. I I all I can I don't really even remember the film that well. I only saw it once, and I when I came out of it, I was just like, eh. So it's a film I would definitely be open and have been open to rewatching it. And again, I own it. I own it on 4K. It was like a $5 4K, and I was like, hey, I, you know what? I want to give them this shot because I, I do love Mel Gibson's films. And because of his recent comments, especially um, in support of Canceled Priest, uh, and of course his work on The Passion of the Christ Take 2 or Part 2, right, focusing on the resurrection... Um, I, I definitely would love to give another chance. Let's see, Neil, my favorite war movie is apocalypse. Now that's a good one. That's a good shout. It's a very good shout. Rob D. I think people should always specify world war two, Vietnam or modern warfare when asking for favorite war film. Those seem to be the three most popular from that filmmakers use. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would definitely say, I would argue actually world war one, world war two, and then Vietnam are typically the three most common because even modern warfare, I guess you could say that we've actually, I would say there's probably a tie. And obviously I don't know the numbers on this. There's probably a tie as far as the world war number of world war one films and the number of more modern war films. But I, I think that, yeah, I think the two most popular absolutely are world war two Vietnam so yeah, I I think that there definitely has to be, but that's here's the other thing, Rob D. Here's another wrinkle in that: a war film doesn't ha- have to even be historical. A war film could be something like the Tomorrow War. Andrew Hoyle, I hopefully uh, I don't know if you had put that in the comment section or not to trigger me yet, but the Tomorrow War is an example of a war film. It's a really bad war film, but it's an example of one. Um, so it, it doesn't even have to be historical, right? Doesn't even have to be historical. Um. I would assume so. I would assume so. I haven't seen it yet. I own it. It's on my to-watch list, but um, I would assume so. I think there's Army in there. 
For uh, Forever Sci-Fi, as good as Saving Private Ryan is Band of Brothers so much better. Of course, a movie versus a 10-part series isn't completely fair. It's not, yeah, it's not fair. It's not fair. You have 10 long episodes to be able to flesh out characters, etc. That's always going to win. Slicer says, it will be interesting reversal for me since I saw the film, first IMAX experience, and I'm getting a graphic novel version of Dune later. So actually took a book will be the third version experience. Nice. Very interesting. Definitely would recommend the audiobook, though. Do be ready for some weird stuff. It's hard to explain. Some of the sequences in the book have multiple actors, multiple voice actors doing the parts, and then larger chunks have just the main narrator who's also doing the voices and i know that there's some people who are audiobook people where they're like oh that's gonna drive me nuts and i don't blame them for that at all but um that's what i got out of it uh peabody says i think j-rod must be the most consistent captain he deserves an axe um yeah (laughs) well the only issue peabody is that he he doesn't very often catch a stream so (laughs) And also, with very little people being on D-Live, there's really not a lot of need for Axis these days anyway. So, uh, let's see, Slice of Neons, unless I watch the Lynch version before that. Yeah, seriously. Which, again, uh, some people really like it, some people don't. And that's that's all I'll say. Uh, awesome one. I talk all the time at the theater as 70% of the time. I'm the only one in the theater with my friend. Okay. If it's just you and your friend, okay. That's the equivalent of you watching it, you know, on your own personal television set, but don't watch, don't, don't talk to somebody when you're watching a film, if there's any other person in there. And even if there isn't to me, it's no, if you're watching it for the first time, don't talk, enjoy the film, embrace it. Unless it's bad. If it's a bad movie, and, and you're just trying to find some sense of enjoyment. That's like the only time where, where conversations, uh, specifically when there aren't other people who might be trying to enjoy it, though typically it's it's not the case um, if it's a really bad film. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say to that. Daniel Thorne, Thor 4 writer says, women and POCs are the focus of the new superhero movies. Yeah, of course. Of course, Taika Waititi would, uh, would say that. There's no surprise there at all. Andrew Hoyle, I see what you did there. Uh, Super says, Cinemark is also the cheapest, at least where I live. They're half the price of AMC, and being able to rent out a theater for 100 bucks, super cool. Yeah, AMC, you were able to rent out for 100 bucks too. Now it's up to like 150 to 200 Um, But yeah, uh, kudos to Cinemark for, for making it through. Uh, awesome One says, we have Malco and Hollywood theaters. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Let's see. Again, thank you, anyone watching over on Honesty. You guys are awesome. You guys are great. Uh, by the way, uh, Reed, I will get your second super chat. Thank you for the very generous super chat there. Uh, but Alexander, uh, five minutes ago, donated via Streamlabs donation. Thank you for the dollar donation there. Says, just bought uh, AEW Full Gear next Saturday for my theater. Super excited. Bought Ghostbusters 1 and 2 on Prime. Watched them and loved them. Hoping Afterlife is really good. I'm hoping Afterlife is good as well. Looking forward to that film, no doubt about it. And dude, bought AW Full Gear for the theater. Yeah, I actually bought the last pay-per-view through the... Um, it's actually through the British service they have over there, Fight TV. So if you use a VPN, you can access it from there. It's cheaper. <laughs> it's like $20 for the pay-per-view versus, what, the 50 or so they charge in America. So... Yeah, I don't mind using the VPN for that, but it reminds me, I, I definitely need to get that myself. So, 
All right, we got about 10 minutes left in the show, so if we could just uh, slow things down a little bit, as I have just not had any time to uh, to play around with a couple of the items that I can play around uh, on this end of the stream. Um, but anyway, uh, let's see. Jason Ebenstein says, first wrestling, then Wicked. Now the Big D. Starting to wonder about you, man. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Yes, yeah, Soul Assassin. It's it's good for multitaskers. It, it's also good for for ADD people as well, because uh, to hear the words and to process them in that way is is can oftentimes be a lot better than to have the all the words on a on a page. I'm good w- with books when it comes to like nonfiction. When it comes to fiction, I I prefer audiobooks hands down. Uh, I obviously I dove full bore into the audiobooks with Star Wars audiobooks of the EU stuff. Uh, Mark Thompson being the best voice actor of of the entirety of voice actors that I've listened to, and specifically for Star Wars as well. And if you've never listened to a Mark Thompson audiobook, highly recommend it. Uh, Let's see. Matthew Highland says, does Infinity War or comic movies count as war movies? As I said, right, war movies really can can include non-historic stuff as well. Though I think some would argue that because of the nature of those films that you could have um that those would be a part of different genres awesome one says i'm unable to read a book after watching the movie what with knowing the end and all that's just the thing though is that i can because what it allows me to do is it allows me to have a more fully fleshed out understanding of the book and also of the story and to say hey they left this out i wonder why they let this out this seems pretty cool or hey uh this was done a little bit differently i wonder what the story is here so i'm, I'm i usually am able to appreciate the books a lot more having seen the film first uh, typically, is, is my own experience. POS says, I don't mind more women in POC in films, but they tend to overcompensate and completely change known characters to fit the quota. Yeah, and again, that's the difference between natural, you know, just having a diverse cast versus forced diversity. There is a difference between the two. There is a clear difference between the two. If if you have an original film and your film just naturally brings about characters from all different backgrounds and walks of life, okay, no problem. But if you're going to adapt a story or if you're going to very clearly make a story where your agenda is is on display and your agenda is on display just in casting, that's a bit of a problem. Someone in the comments section on the video uh, said, I I love your objective takes, but but you got to stop with with the right wing politics. I'm like talking about uh calling out forced diversity it's like if you think that calling out forced diversity is a quote right wing point it tells me a lot of about you and and how little you really fully understand uh Cusco says if cinemark had a subscription service that'd be as good as amc a-list i would subscribe immediately as i live on blackway i think cinemark does have one i don't know how good or bad it is but i'm pretty sure it's got one. Uh, let's see. Caratharp says, Aragon is the worst movie I have seen based on a book. <laughs> I have not read the book. I have seen the movie. It's not a good movie. Let me put it. Let me put that out there. Objectively speaking, it's not a good film. I, I personally had some fun with it. I, I had some fun with it. Uh, Andrew Hoyle then says, a Jane hat. One, please. Now, now. It's being, it's being made for baby Thor. All right. Maybe. Maybe if we expand out and, and, and make multiple 
Could happen. Super says, that's why I didn't want to start reading the book before I saw the movie. Didn't want to be stuck comparing the two in my head like I always do. Yeah, and that's one of the things I struggled with as well. But because of my experience with the first movie, I wanted to be able to have an idea of what the story was supposed to be uh, to have a better idea of how to compare and contrast. So that's the only reason why. In most circumstances, there's no way I would have watched or there's no way I would have read the book. Uh, really, the only driving force was because of my own personal experience with uh, the first movie. Snorbubis, I'm waiting for a friend to decide to see Dune and then I'll go see it with him. Nice. Yeah, it's always good to see it. Uh, see films with friends. Laura says, there's a Janestown comic series. Nice. Again, I wish I wish I could get into comics. Just n- never been my thing. Slicer, Fuller House was similar to Girls Meets World in that way. Lots of cameos went on. A real shame the show took place in modern California. Yeah, and that was also a show I w- never felt a lot of connections to, so I never even gave that one a, sh- a chance, to be honest. Andrew Hoyle, as the Spice Girls once said, tonight is the night when two become one. <laughs> Gosh. Can't believe you're quoting Spice Girls. Uh, Nenoma says, not saying it's my favorite war movie, but Enemy at the Gate is very, very good. Nice. Daniel Thorne, tied to say, do you think RT is less likely to fiddle with critics score? Rotten Tomatoes is less likely to cr- fiddle with critic scores because they can complain and have greater reach. Than the- so they would never do that. Yeah, for that reason, uh, because they are dealing with so-called professionals, paid professionals. If they were to play around with those scores or tweak with those scores or switch those scores, that would cause a lot of problems. That would cause a lot of issues. With the audiences, yeah, they don't care. They don't care at all. So they'll do whatever they want to those audience scores, and they have. We, we've seen this consistently happen uh, multiple times. Reed Palancia says, When people leave the theater, they should remember a line, a character, a sequence, an emotion with entertainment. I want to give meaningful cinema. Uh, so Surya, the current movies seem bland, lacking the hook and attention and emotion, um, uh, and emotion. Yeah, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Reed. Uh, and I think that that is something that is the biggest problem with modern day Hollywood is that the vast majority of the films that come out don't right. They, they don't leave us with lines to remember. They don't lead us with, Uh, characters or emotions to take with us and to to hold on to and want to see again and again and again. And instead we're left almost like with a void or, or we leave ticked off or we leave with a a sense of just ambivalence. I I think that, again, I think that's uh, totally right on. And replants is always very well known for, for choosing amazing quotes. So thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. Let's see, Matthew Highland says, The Patriot starring Mel Gibson is an underrated war film, doesn't get enough love. I would agree. And there is another great YouTuber, John the Flicker Flickinger, um, a podcast buddy. Uh, he would agree with you as well. He loves that movie. Uh, it's very good. It's a film I, I, I need to watch again. I, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, thank you again to my Maz for taking care of that bot earlier. Y'all were on on it like like white on rice. Is that is that the expression? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're on it very quickly. All right, we got a few minutes left, so I might have to start purposely uh, skipping some comments. So if that does happen, I do apologize. Uh, heading over to, uh, let's see, what's going on, Odyssey fam? Uh, hello, Ode, and great seeing you live on Odyssey. God bless you, brother. Says badly disguised Asian. Well, thank you for being over here, good sir, and thank you for the support. 
Appreciate you being in the chat, brother. All right. Let's uh let's get to the final the final countdown, the final comments here on uh YouTube. Uh Soul Assassin tag to say. I've seen this bot before. They've been hitting a lot of streams lately. Yeah, again, they must have found a way around the subscriber block. Again, the subscriber block was one of the few features YouTube added that I thought was really good, really brilliant to be able to try and limit the amount of bots that could get into a chat because they would have to be subscribed for a certain period of time. And, and again, working that out is, is a bit more complicated, but I guess they found a way. Uh, Sora Poopa says, oh, that webcam bot trolling for that... It was Clavi Trex stream. Oh, that's again sad to hear that. Sad, sad to hear that. Uh, find World War One way more interesting than World War Two. Well, I think it's because we just in especially through history classes in, in college or in uh, high school through college, we we just spent we spend so much more time on World War Two. And I think that there is a lot of history that's interesting about World War Two. I personally am very drawn to World War Two history, but yeah, I think one of the reasons why you and others might be drawn more to it is because there's a mystery behind it because not that we don't know stuff, but it's because it's just not talked about as much. I think Let's see Ruben says social network score did win an Oscar. There you go. Again, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the most iconic or one of the most iconic scores, but it did an incredibly effective job of supporting the film it was in. Uh, Sage says John Williams equals quintessential iconic score composer. Doesn't get more iconic than his work. I would agree for sure. Uh, Ennio Morricone, I would say, is in a similar vein, though he, he is definitely a little bit more of a niche, uh, I would say. McCarthy's back, and Onion snuck onto my pizza. Onion is kryptonite to me. Oh, no. Oh, no. Daniel Thorne, we need OMB report videos. The Dark Winter is coming. We need more updates now than ever. Ghost about Afterlife, your next uh, theater show. Uh, it potentially could be. Definitely the next one that I'm most interested in, for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, I really wish that I had the time to dedicate more to the OMB report. It will come back over the summer. I can guarantee you that at the very least. And if I ever do have free moment, a free time to do anything, if anything on the OMB report, uh, the, the most likely thing that would happen would be an OMB report live stream. Um, and it would be using the, the restream setup, bring maybe some people on, uh, having some articles brought up on the screen, that kind of thing. Cause a lot of, there's a lot of stuff we can do with this. There's a lot of stuff we can do, uh, with restream and I'm very excited for it. All right. We are over time now. So I'm going to have to skip some comments. Uh, again, uh, yeah, totally agree. Definitely a great composer. Baby Magnum, what's going on? Thank you for being here tonight. J-Rod, the beer guru, thank you for being here. Uh, <laughs> the, oh, man. Mr. Roy, what's going on? All righty. So I'm going to highlight some comments at the very least, but I'm not going to be able to read them because, again, I'm out of time. I wish that I had more time, but I am out of it. Uh, yeah, dude, I... I would love to rent more theaters. If the AMC one was down to a hundred again, that could be a really cool, it could actually be a really cool club for schools too, uh, is to say, Hey, let's do the movie watching club. And you know, you pay your dues and you could have it be where it's, it's low enough where someone could easily, uh, be able to, to join for not much and, and get to see several films, you know? Um, yeah, Sherry Allen agree for sure. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. Braveheart is indeed excellent. Uh, Bruce, we can all agree the book was better than the movie is John Travolta. <laughs> uh, let's see here. 
Um, Peabody. Hexar Ridge does have a memorable line. Just one more. Uh, again, but I would say by memorable line, though, right? It's not to say that it's not worth remembering, but if you were to ask most people, hey, what's what's a great line from that movie? I don't think people would be able to bring one up, to be honest. That's just my own thought. Gridania, you have a good night as well. Thank you for being here. Uh, Alice McCarthy, one of the more recent comments. HBO Max has some sort of magic mode version of Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Sturm. A magic mode version? What do you mean a magic mode version? There's no, there's no new things going on there. Old Guard, by the way, thank you for becoming a member tonight. I really do appreciate that. Anyway, uh, that is going to be it for me. Uh, good night to you, the R over on Odyssey. Again, smash that like button, light up that fire button. It really does mean a lot. And this is actually something I forgot to do on the last stream. But when you are a member on YouTube, if you are at the, uh, if you are at the Army of Asgard level and above, you are supposed to get your name shouted out at the end of every live stream. Probably going to have to make this into just a, a standard uh, static list, so that way I don't forget in the future. And and also, um, it just, again, makes it a little bit easier on me as well. Not that I'm lazy, but when I run out of time, again... I do I do like to, to, to end on time. But anyway, let me give a huge shout-out to the old guard, Ruben Christopher, Mike Jackson, J- Jace Doe, Garmakyle79, Matt317, uh, Hayakura, Soul Extraction, Twirly Wolf, Lopro, Farrah Lovely, Valiant Renegade, uh, Renegade, Jonathan Marshall, Eric K, Cornelius Schultz, Fedigator, Gonzalo Bergali, George Molo, Grim's Math, The Wicked Plumber, Kara Tharp, Dabney Walk 55, M Tax Shark, Forever Sci-Fi, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Orange Hat Reviews, and Aiden Vickery. Thank you all very much for being members at the Army of Asgard level and above. Huge shout out to the DLive fam for hanging out tonight. Shout out to the YouTube fam. Shout out to uh, the Odyssey fam. And anyone who was watching on Twitter, you could have also gotten into the conversation there as well sage just upgraded to the army of asgard level two so hey shout out to you sage uh thank you for uh, for doing that man i really do appreciate it but anyway please make sure that you smash that like button light up that fire button it really does mean a lot you guys seriously are all amazing and beautiful people let me see uh if i can figure out a way uh to uh, show some of the things that i can do uh, here with the Restream Studio version. So, for instance, the next time anyone does anything, for instance, that bot earlier, that bot earlier, not only did my Valkyrie take care of you, but also I just have one thing to say to that bot earlier. And that's this. I got no choice. I got no choice. Got no choice but to declare you excommunicado. No, no question about that. Uh, and also to any bots in the future, if you try to come by this stream, then I've just got, just again, a couple things to say to you. Rest in peace, John Panette. Hopefully you all enjoy that for those that didn't. Well, Anyway, you guys have all been amazing, beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. Huge, huge shout out to Tina and Steph for being my amazing Valkyrie. We had an insane stream tonight. Well over 100 people for a lot of it. 143, they said, I think. Likes, 
on this video. Uh, truly fantastic. Anyway, thank you for being here tonight. It really does mean a lot. You're all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. Hopefully everything came through swimmingly for you tonight. And let me know if there were any issues. And I'll, of course, listen back to it myself. And uh, yeah, very excited about using this in the future to be able to also bring some people onto the show. You guys are great. Have a wonderful night, everybody. And as always, God bless.